Hello and welcome to our LCI podcast here at Life Church. Today we're here in one place and one accord with a very special guest, administrative pastor here at Life Church. How are you doing, Jeremiah? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Thank this you. This is exciting. Yeah, no, I'm excited for it. We uh, we did one before. Yeah. And uh, I, it's very rare we have returning guests, but I know that we have a lot of insight and abilities to uh, draw uh, wisdom out of all the different pastors and, and people on this podcast. So I'm glad to have you back. Um, we were talking about uh, discussing uh, topics, and uh, one topic that specifically came to mind to me was the new birth experience. Um, now, for some people listening or watching online, might not know exactly what the new birth experience is. Right. Um, and I know that there is a, a significance when it comes to the relevancy of it and the importance of it in our life. It's just so vastly important, uh, that new birth experience. So I thought maybe today we would talk uh, and kind of discuss uh, our personal experience with uh, uh, the first experience with our new birth experience. Now, yes. And uh, <laughs> that, that, I'll keep that in. And uh, having that ability to uh, feel something new uh, that we never felt before. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's one of the great things about it. Um, experiencing that new experience that you've never felt before and being able to review your life, see your life in a new different way. Uh, a, a life more connected to Christ, right. a life more dedicated to the will of Christ, and all those different things. So how about we just start from the beginning and uh, talk about what was your first experience? My first uh, experience? Yeah. With like the Holy Ghost in general? The Holy Ghost in general, yes. Well, okay, so I, I, I basically, I've, I've grown up in church all my life. I was That's all I've ever known. My parents uh-huh. started going to church when I was really little. So, but I mean, it's pretty much my whole life since I was like one or two, I think. Uh, I, I knew I needed the Holy Ghost. I know I needed to be baptized. I always heard it preached from the pulpit. I heard it, you know, Sunday school and, and all that. Just like how our kids do here, but I never really experienced it. Yeah. Now, I, I do remember being sensitive as a child. And, and so I got it pretty young. I, I think for, for most people, I was seven years old. Okay. So some people say, well, that's too young. You can't get the Holy Ghost or you can't be baptized when you're seven years old. But I, I do remember being very conscious about it uh-huh. and knowing what was happening and seeking it. Mm-hmm. And I think for some people, maybe it's too young. Some people, it works. And I'm, I think I was just one of those fortunate people that sure. it worked. Yeah, the cool thing is I actually received it when I was about seven, eight years old. Yeah. So it was about the same time. That's cool. Yeah. Do you remember what it was like? I do. I remember that that actual experience. Um, I, I, I joke about it all the time. <laughs> it was at a children's rally. Oh, And Lord, it was yeah. a... Uh, uh, a children's crusade person uh, dressed as a clown. And so I remember that experience pretty brightly. So, yeah, I mean, even at that young age, something so powerful, so amazing, you can remember those experiences. You can. Yeah, yeah. You, you make fun that you got prayed through by a clown. Yeah. Uh, our, my, my associate pastor at the time, uh, his name was Brother Hatcher, uh-huh. and he baptized me. Okay. And and I remember I was super little and like yeah you know, I was like squeaky clean and innocent. Well, he he was like in the military or something before, so he rolled up his sleeves to baptize me. And he was totally tatted up, okay, oh. <laughs> both arms. And I was like, Mom, Dad, did you know Brother Hatcher has tattoos? Yeah. And they're like, Yeah, it's okay. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. But I do remember that feeling like like there was a lightness, like mm-hmm. for sure. Like okay, we're six, seven, eight years old when that happens, and so like. 
we're obviously not as experienced with temptation or even like sin right. in general. Yeah. But we're still in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we know right from wrong. And I remember, dude, like going to school the next day and like I felt different. Like I legitimately felt lightness. I oh, felt yeah. like this newness. I like I knew I wasn't going to be the same after that. Like it, 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 it is an experience. It's a new birth. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I talk about it all the time. You know, when I when I did receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time, I remember walking home that Sunday uh, and I was excited to tell the neighbors I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. The most introverted kid in the world wanted to go to the neighbor to tell them about the Holy Ghost. It was just an excitement that came with it. Uh, and like you said, you know, that freshness experience. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and you never forget, like, uh, I, I talk to people all the time when they've experienced uh, that new experience, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time, or even being baptized uh, in the name of Jesus. You know, they, they, they think back and they can remember that day. Um, you know, I remember my grandfather has passed uh, the last year, and uh, he was the one that actually baptized me, my grandfather. Uh, and it was in Illinois uh, in wow. the middle of the winter in a basement baptismal that wasn't heated and it was freezing cold i mean stammering lips coming out but <laughs> uh, i remember that whole scenario that whole experience and I, I know that if there's someone here that's listening online and and you specifically have experienced that yourself you can think back and and and, and think of that that specific time when yeah. you received it for the first time so that's really awesome like uh i i i talked about baptism uh in the name of jesus and uh, I assume you've been baptized in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I, okay, I was yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Good. I'm glad Pastor, <laughs> you know, put us through that. But, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I remember the specific uh, moment when, when Grandpa got the opportunity to baptize me. And uh, I think at the time I knew it was in the name of Jesus. But at that young age, I mean, I, that wasn't the, the, the moment. That wasn't the time I was thinking about. But since then, I have baptized people, mm -hmm. and I have been through that, given that amazing opportunity to to allow someone to experience that for themselves. And I baptize in the name of Jesus, but I know it because of the relevancy of it. So why is it so important the way you're baptized? Like, why is it important to be baptized in Jesus' name? Yeah. yeah well, it, it, it matters. You know? Sure. So, like, you always hear the analogies of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you know, that being the formula, especially in modern-day Christianity. It seems like it's, it, like, dominates sure. the, the Christian area, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So why, why do we do Jesus? Well, um, you know, if I give you a check and, and I give you two checks, let's just say, and they're uh -huh. $4 million each, okay, one sure. of them, they're from your boss, okay? One of them signed, you know, your boss signed his name on that check, and the other check, it, it says, like, President... CEO and the founder of the company. Yeah. You know, honestly, uh -huh. who, who, the bank, which, which check the bank's going to cash, you know, because right. there's a significance behind the name. Yeah, there is. Okay. Or, or even you're getting your, your wedding vows. You, you're, you're establishing a new name, especially if you're a female and you're taking on the name of your husband. So when we get baptized, we're taking on the name of Jesus. When we say our wedding vows, we don't say I, son, or, mm -hmm. you know, we, we say I, Jeremiah V. Hill take the you know because there, there's significance in that name so with jesus you know there's there's authority in that name it's the most authoritative name that was given to us sure you know scripture says there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved all authority has been given to that name uh -huh. you know we believe that jesus is god we believe that jesus is the father jesus is the son and jesus is the holy ghost so with that authoritative name we baptize right yeah, I mean, Scripture tells it throughout 
I and my father are one. Yeah. You know, there, hero Israel, the Lord of God is one Lord. You know, there are multiple scriptures throughout the Bible that specifically talk on oneness and, and describe the, the oneness of God. And so we, we have to understand that. And so we give reverence in the name of Jesus. Um, you know, I, I, uh, like I said, I, I have been given, and like you have, been given the opportunity to baptize uh, people before. And uh, I think the few experiences I've had, it's saying that name that just kind of puts chills in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because I know this, the power behind it. I know the significance of it. And so when I say the name of Jesus, it's kind of like I'm putting the stamp of, of authenticity of this is something that is authentic. This is something that is powerful. This is the moment that, that your sins are going to be washed away. Yeah. And it's kind of like it's kind of like putting that mark on it. So I kind of I, I see the we, we see the reverent and we reverence the, the name uh, for, for what it is. You know, there's power in the name. Uh, and and what God did uh, through His Son, Christ, Jesus, and 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 the sacrifice. We know that Christ was robed in flesh. That God came to Earth, robed in flesh, uh, died on the cross, defeated death, hell, and the grave, mm-hmm. and rose again, uh, all for us. You know, for for the past people, the present people, and the future people, Christ's sacrifice was for all of us, and so we have to reference it for that. That the shedding of the blood gives the opportunity to to be washed of our sins. Um, and I talked about it Sunday morning. Um, was it Sunday morning? Yeah, Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, last Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I I talked about you know that beforehand in the tabernacle and, and and all that there was a separation between man and, and the presence, and then we got the opportunity to experience God in new ways. Uh, through the Holy Ghost, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, to have Christ live inside of us. And uh, we, we, we find that on the day of Pentecost. Uh, they're all in one place in one court, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. That's a mm-hmm. rushing mighty wind. That's Acts 2. And if, yeah. yeah, the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. Uh, and then following that in 2.38, Acts 2.38, uh, Peter uh, said unto them, repent and be baptized to all the confused crowd that didn't know exactly what was going on. I mean, right. here was uh, people in the upper room receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time. There was tongues being spoken. They almost thought that they were drunk during the day. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they could not wrap their head around this new experience that they were experiencing. And Peter was given the opportunity to clarify. Mm-hmm. You know, on the Acts 2 theory, uh, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of of what Jesus Christ right. for the remission of sins, and you, you shall, shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right. Uh, and so, what uh, if if you could just kind of describe that Acts two thirty eight experience and why exactly it is not only important for us to experience ourselves, but the the, the power behind it and the significance of it. Yeah, but I, I think before we get into that, I think it's. Like if you're if you're a listener and you're you're listening, it's your first time. So sure. I think we need to focus on what led to those steps for Peter to say those that ingredient of of Acts two thirty eight that that we we really hinge on as Pentecostals and Apostolics right. with our doctrine. Sure. So uh, the whole the whole thing with Acts two thirty eight we call it the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we mimic what Jesus did in person or in the flesh 
we mimic that in spirit. So we, Jesus died, and so we repent. That's the death of the old person, the, the you know, death to sin. Right. Uh, the death of burial, Jesus was buried in a tomb. We go in a watery grave of baptism. You know, that's echoed and, and repeated throughout the New Testament. As that's why we do that. We're baptized or we're buried with him through baptism. And then the resurrection when Jesus uh, rose and then when he was ascended. Uh, you know, that's us coming up a new creature because mm -hmm. Jesus was literally a new creature. He wasn't flesh anymore. So sure. we, we come up a new creature. But like the apostles, they baptized with Jesus. So they, they knew what the formula for Jesus named baptism was. In fact, I think it's in um, John chapter 3 where John the Baptist is baptizing like up on top of the, the river and then Jesus and his disciples are just a little bit farther down and they're baptizing as well. So John's baptizing uh, the way John did, and mm -hmm. Jesus is baptizing, you know, the, the, the correct way, because he, he he was the author and the finisher, of course. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is is the disciples baptized in Jesus' name, and we know this because in chapter four of of, of John, it says that the people were were shook because Jesus baptized more people than John the Baptist. But then in parentheses it says even though Jesus didn't baptize anybody, but his disciples did in his stead, which means really that the disciples baptized in Jesus' name. They knew the formula. Sure. So when Jesus ascended in Matthew 28, and he said, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, there wasn't like this confusion. And the disciples saying, well, wait a minute, we baptize in Jesus. We, we, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the author, the finisher, you're the rock, you know, like Peter was saying. Um, they knew. Yeah. And then even in, in, in the book of Mark, you know, the Synoptist, Synoptist Gospels, speak of the same stories from both different angles, different uh, perspectives. That same story of Jesus ascending in Matthew 28, 19 uh, happens in Mark chapter 16, when Jesus says, all power and authority is given unto me, which is Jesus, unto my name. And in my name, you're gonna pray. In my name, you're gonna heal. In my name, you're gonna lay hands on people. In my name, you're gonna speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and in my name, go and make disciples. So everything hinges around going back to his name. So Peter knew, the apostles knew it was Jesus' name. So to go back to your question, uh -huh. what is that significance of Acts 2.38? It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, and so, you know, that's, that's really good. And so when we think of that new birth experience, when we think of, uh, you know, being buried and uh and risen again essentially as a new person yeah through baptism uh washing of our sins we repent of our sins repentance is a 180 it's not a 360 right we don't move back don't to where back we came circle. from we, we step away yeah you know and so you know i i think of it all the time you know with our little ones you know they'd say sorry <laughs> and they go right back to what they, they were right doing it, right? you know there was no significance in that sorry uh, yeah. you know but we know that true repentance is you know repenting of our sins but walking away truly knowing that we have stepped away from that sin um so we do that we're baptized in the name of jesus and then we receive the gift of the holy ghost uh through the evidence of speaking in tongues we right. find that on the day of pentecost that there was speaking in tongues and so you know we know that christ uh is the cornerstone of all that and so when we think of Acts 2.38, it goes on to say, For the promises unto you and to your children and all that are far off, as many yeah. as the Lord our God shall call. So it's not just for that crowd. It's for all of us. All of us, even you today. Know, yeah. Even today. 
And so with the new birth experience, we find in, in, in Acts 2.38, Peter uh, laid it out. He laid out, uh, you know, what we should do, the steps to take. Um, and I think there's, there's importance of it, not only for the people of the crowd, but for those then on. And, yeah. and, and, and even us today, it says, uh, for the promises unto you and to your children, all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And yeah. so there is an importance to it. I think there, we, we should do two things. We should reverence and understand the importance of it. And second of all, we need to truly, truly have a desire um, to, to experience it ourselves. Um, and uh, I, I talked about it before. When I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I had a really hard time at such a young age because I really felt like um, it was something I needed to beg for. It was something I seriously, I, I needed to have to the point to where um, there was frustration when I didn't get it right away. And it was really hurtful to me and so during that that crusade you know our, my my evangelist clown decided <laughs> to tell me before i went home that day you know it was a week-long revival you know back then that's what they did yeah and so i i he he was just you know it's a gift it's the gift of the spirit mm-hmm. it's the gift of the holy ghost and so what do you do in a gift you you say thank you you receive it you know sure. it's it's nothing that uh it's not something i've earned it's not something that my actions have given me the opportunity to have. Uh, there are many things in life that you can work hard and, and achieve. But we're not saved by works. We're saved by God's grace. Yeah. And so when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it's a gift of the Holy Ghost. And so I really had to come to the, the terms that I wanted to focus on God, focus on Christ, focus on how He loves me and how much I love Him, and, and truly just give Him the praise. And it was almost like it was like smooth butter. It just kind of came through my lips and I received it for the Holy Ghost. Um, And so that new birth experience is so vital, so important, but it needs action. There has to be an action to take. um, And that is on us. Absolutely. So what would you say are the actions we must take um, for that next step? Yeah, like it's it's not a one and done thing. No, of course not. Yeah. so I think there's there's a misconception that goes on, not with us, but with, with new believers. They sure. think, you know, they come to Christianity, they come to the new birth experience, and it's just going to be smooth sailing from then on out. <clears throat> and that's, it really couldn't be farther from the truth, because honestly, that's really when the journey begins. And like, there's an action that takes place. So Jesus said in Mark 16, you know, uh, in my name, if you believe and are baptized, you shall be saved. Well, believe, like you were saying, it's it's a verb, like there's a lot of action that takes place sure. from just believing, not just ba- being baptized. That's a physical act, yes. Yeah. But believing in it of itself is really difficult. So we got to follow the commandments. You know, Scripture tells us they're going to know that you're a disciple. They're going to mm-hmm. know you're a Christian by the way you follow the commandments. So every day we have to revisit or reevaluate where we are with our walk with God. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't live on the prayers from yesterday. Yeah. I can't live on the prayers from my mom and dad when I was a kid yeah. or even what they're doing for me, you know, and, or, or even what my pastor does. I have to do this for myself every day and realign my, my flesh to God's will. And right. doing that, that's that action. That's the believing. That's the commandment following, you know. Mm-hmm. By commandments, really, it's just simple, the Ten Commandments. We're not saying all the Levitical law, 
that was written because God fulfilled the law. Right. But there's still the moral law. There's still the Ten Commandments that we have to follow. And that's really what it is. And so, like, we, we know this. God said, or Jesus said, same person, Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus was asked the question, what's the most important law? And he, he said, well, love your God more than anything else. And I'm paraphrasing. Right. And then he said, and the second is to love your neighbor just like you would love yourself. You know, we call that the golden rule. But really, those two commandments, if you could just do those two things, by default, you're already following all the Ten Commandments. By right. default, you're following all of God's statutes. Yeah. So just just don't think of it as you have to follow a list of ten or a list of a hundred man-made things. It just love God and love your neighbor. In that is the action. And you'll notice, you'll notice that, that that'll line a person to to continually uh, uh, maintain their walk with God. Sure, yeah, and I think it's really cool because when you think of that, um, there's really not much to it. I mean, you know, just those two simple things. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I think it's really easy to do those two d- separate things, um, and 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 act on it because of who it is that we're doing it for, and you know, yeah. and the God that we serve. Um, you know, and, you know, there is a debate uh, in theology for many people. We don't see it as a debate, but, you know, there are those who debate it that say we are saved by our works. Oh, yeah. uh, and then there's beliefs that we are saved by God's grace. Um, and I think there is significance in the fact that, yes, we are saved by God's grace. And I truly believe that it is solely God's grace. It is God's power. It is God who is saving us. It is not our actions. But there is a response because of God's grace Mm -hmm. that just comes from it, that we we feel in our hearts and our minds that needs to be of it. You know, uh, there's scripture that tells us to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and to make disciples. And so there is actions that are produced from the reverence and the, the significance of God's grace given to us who truly, I'll be honest with you, don't deserve it. You know, I, <laughs> well, none of us do. Uh, none of really. us do. Yeah. We don't deserve God's grace, but because of God's grace, here we are today. Mm. Um, you know, if, if without God's grace, where would we be? You know, and, yeah. and so it's God's grace that fixed our problem in the first place, you know all the way back when we sinned and fell short and disobeyed God and sin creeped into the earth. And, you know, we've had to deal with it ever since, you know, before Calvary, before uh, Christ's sacrifice, you know, they would sacrifice uh, lambs and it would roll the sins uh, forward for many years. Yeah. um, You know, but it never handled the problem, you Mm -hmm. know, and many died, you know, without truly having that, that fix. Um, you know, obviously we believe that on Calvary, it wiped everything clean. Yeah, God Christ became right. the ultimate lamb, uh, the pure lamb, the spotless lamb mm-hmm. that shed his blood on Calvary and, and covered and washed the sins of humanity. Yeah. Past, present, and future. Oh, yeah. That was divine so, blood, man. That yeah. Was... And, you know, that was because of God's grace. Yeah. You know, it was his grace that those actions were taken. And it was his plan too. It was his plan from the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And so I think I think we have to reference that and say, you know, I believe in the grace of God. I am saved by the grace of God. I am saved by what God has done for me. I am saved because of the God who I serve. 
But because I am saved, because I have experienced him in ways that I've never experienced before, I have a, uh, a inner desire to follow the will and the things of God. Yes. You know, that's the action that's produced. You know, I can't, I can't work my, you know, I can't work me myself to death uh, to achieve salvation. I can't, I can't stay here at church 24-7 doing the Lord's work and enter the gates of heaven just solely on that. My actions do not do it. It is the blood of Christ. It is the grace of God. Uh-huh. But because of that, it gives me a desire to do everything I can to share that good news with other people. Right, and not to abuse that grace. Exactly. You know, we don't want to abuse it. So exactly. we have freedom. Like We definitely have the power of choice, and we have freedom to do what we want to do. Sure. So just because we live by grace doesn't mean that we can just, oh, well, God will forgive me. I'll go yeah. sin again. I could do this again. Oh, one more time. Just one more time. Yep. You know, God will forgive me. You know, you could abuse that. Yep. And that's, I, I hate to say that's messed up. Yep. And like I've done it, I'm sure all of us have done it. The, the viewers watching have, have have done this, and and we do it. Sometimes we we do it subconsciously, uh-huh. and sometimes we do it on purpose. Yeah. But you know, at some point the rubber meets the road, and you're like, oh man, I, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. I don't want to abuse God's love for me anymore, and I'm going to do this because God loved me, because He's done this, and He's given me that grace. I'm going to serve God with everything I have. Right. So you asked, or you mentioned earlier about works versus grace. Yep. I almost think that it's, it's kind of a little bit of both. Like there is, there's grace. Like you have, there's no way you can get to heaven without grace. Because right. Because you have to be perfect to get to heaven. Nobody's perfect. And it's impossible to become perfect, right? Right. So the only way we get perfect is God gives us grace. Yep. So we get to go. So, but, but on the subject of abusing grace, you know, scripture tells us, God says, be holy because I'm holy. Well, he's basically saying, be perfect because I'm perfect, mm-hmm. you know, in a roundabout way of saying it. Sure. And, and well, how, how do you do that? Well, you practice holiness? Sure. So that's a separation of the world. You, you become different. You say mm-hmm. things differently. You dress differently. You eat right. differently. You act differently. You know, everything about you is, should be different. People should know the difference between you. Uh, and, you know, there's cultures and there's, there's different, you know trends and stuff like that but yeah you be separate be holy because god's holy Mm -hmm. and that's difficult to do when when you know we're trying to maintain works versus maintain grace and we're trying to check off this list of am i being perfect am i doing this and then we're kind of living by saying look god i could come to church on sunday yeah come to church on wednesday i've checked off all this list i'm holy now i prayed every day i read my bible every day I brushed my teeth the right way. I didn't cuss. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I said no to this sin. I, I overcame temptation. God, I'm perfect. And I come to church. Well, sorry. You're still just as much of a sinner as someone who isn't saved. Right. Because every day we have to ask God for forgiveness. Yep. And every day God gives us mercy, right? Yep. So, you know, yeah, we still strive for that works of trying to be holy, to practice practical holiness yep but we have to at the end of the day rely on god's mercy yeah and you know that's the beautiful thing about god is you know you can fervently and you should fervently live the most christian lifestyle you possibly can yeah be an example of light to this world mm-hmm. you know and uh you you do all those things as fervently as you can as hard as you can but there are going to be times and there may be times when you fall short you know yeah but God's grace, 
you know, luckily, when you fall back on God, he's ready to catch you. And so I think us knowing that we should do everything in our hearts and minds and souls to, to live a life for God and to be the best example as a Christian we possibly can. But understanding that there's so much pressure on us that when we fall short, and we will at times, know that it's not the end. That God's grace is sufficient and his love is everlasting. And he's willing to catch us when we fall. But I think most importantly, knowing who we should go to when that happens. Knowing that God is able and he's willing. So I think that's great. And I, I hope that something today spoke to the heart of maybe someone who has experienced it but needs a little bit of reminding of where we're at and what God wants for us. Um, But then for those who have never experienced or truly know what the scripture says about this new birth experience and and if it's for them, and let me tell you today, it's for you. You know, it's, it's for me, it's for you, it's for all of us. And we all get the opportunity. That's the wonderful thing about it. The new birth experience is not judgmental and is not biased towards any specific race or specific uh, ethnicity or culture or financial, you know, wherever you're at in the financial stance of life. Uh, It doesn't matter. For everybody. It's for all of us. It's for you and for me, for all the world. For the promises unto you and to your children, all that are for office men. And what's cool is it's it's for everybody, but same thing goes. Everybody still has to maintain their walk with God the same way as a rich person one is. Exactly. Or one race from another race. We all have the same, you know, we also have to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. And there are things, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because there are things in the New Earth experience and what uh, the day of Pentecost and what Peter spoke uh, to that crowd on the day of Pentecost. There are things that are a one-off when it comes to baptism in Jesus' name. We believe once yeah. you're covered, you're washed. But I think repentance is continual. Absolutely. And receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and experiencing, well, not just receiving, but uh, experiencing and speaking in tongues and having that connection with the Spirit is continual. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to catch myself sometimes, you know, because I'm more focused on the works. But I have the Spirit of God living inside of me. You have the Spirit of God living inside Absolutely. of you. And we uh, should should bond with that Spirit. We should we should have a prayerful lifestyle. We should, you know, pray uh, with the Spirit. And, 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 and really take the action of speaking in tongues and, uh, you know, uh, running through the Spirit, uh, through our prayers and through our, our, our time of devotion. Yeah. You know, it's a continual thing. It's a continual thing. Just like if, you know, you think of a married couple, you know, they, they do their vows once. You take mm-hmm. on that name once. We were baptized one time. You don't need to be remarried multiple times, even though sure. some people do renew their vows. Yeah. But really, you only have to do it one time. And then it's that you become a new, you, you, we're the bride of Christ. Right. You know? So... You were saying we baptize one time, but the, the continual maintenance of our walk with God is yep. repentance and, and, you know, speaking in tongues. Yes, you know, exercise it as much as you can, Yep. you know, and just like you would as if with your marriage yep. you, or, or anyone who is married. You maintain that. You could you could lose the connection with your spouse just by not being there. Right. You know, and if we're not there with God, if we're not having him close to us every day, you're just going to keep drawing farther and farther apart right yeah and it's it's a it's it's exactly like that you know if we have a connection with god it better be built on communication it better be built on prayer it better be built on uh drawing near 
every single day you know a relationship is strained when there's separation you know and so likewise our relationship with god we must maintain it you know and that's just a call it's a call to us you know as believers and those that want to experience it for the first time it is a wonderful experience to have the new birth experience is not only wonderful it's needed and it's a necessity Um, and it is one of the most impactful experiences you'll ever have in your life and it's not a a one-time thing it's something that holds with you for the rest of your life for the rest of your life for the rest of your life you pursue it and and he will pursue you exactly no that's good so i know we're kind of bringing it down here but uh, i think it's worth mentioning you know perfectionism Mm -hmm. so i know a lot of people and sometimes i kind of fit that boat too where if it's not a hundred percent if I'm not, you know, absolutely perfect in every way in, in a subject, you know, maybe it's school or sure. a project at home or something, I just forget it. You know, okay, everything was perfect for a year. And then, you know, I hit a speed bump, I hit a roadblock, and you're just like, oh, forget it. My perfect record is perfectly broken. You know? <laughs> right. And you're like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. There's no way I could go back. Like, I know people from my childhood who really struggle with that because they feel like they can't be that perfect being they sure. can't if they messed up once forget it god's not going to forgive them god hates yeah. them and that, that couldn't be farther from the truth because no. god no. knows we're human he made us imperfect on purpose because he wanted us to rely on him and his grace first of all so like if someone's watching you know don't don't feel like you have to be perfect because you're never going to achieve that in fact yeah. i think it's very egotistical and prideful that's human pride to think i i'll be perfect for god because you're not going to be yeah no, and that's good because there are some that maybe they uh, are shying away from you know pursuing pursuing a uh, first time relationship with God because they feel like uh, there's a lot of laws or regulations or things you have to abide by and you just know that you will fail and fall short yeah. and that you aren't worthy. But know that it, it yes, we we talk about it sometimes. We we talk about the Christian walk. It's not perfect, and and sometimes we focus on uh, there are will be hardships, and you know the world, and that is a hundred percent true. But I think we shy away from the fact that we have a God that's so close to us, and we're so close to Him that it makes it a little bit more easy to go through those trials because we know who our God is, and we're able to fall back on Him. Yeah. And so uh, there is going to be times, there's going to be trials and tribulations. There are going to be times when we slip up and we fail, and we're not a hundred percent, and we're not per- perfect, like you're mentioning. Um, but know that uh, we, as long as we continue to work hard in our relationship with God. Uh, is going to bring us strength. Mm-hmm. It's going to give us the opportunity to see our wrongs and to repent of our sins and to go through the whole process again yeah. and get God's and, and allow God's grace to 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 infill our life and to allow us to walk with a little bit more step in our in our in our walk. Yeah. You know, give us a little bit more of a, a chin up in our in our lifestyle, knowing that God is still that's on our side. That's part of the gift. Yeah, that's the gift yeah. of the Holy Ghost. We exactly. don't have to do a sacrifice. We don't have to slit a goat's throat or a yeah. lamb's throat. Yeah, you know, like they did in Old Testament. God fulfilled sure. that. The mm-hmm. gift of the Holy Ghost. This is that. What you know, Peter was preaching on the day yeah. of Pentecost. That, yeah, that's it's us. It's living in us. We could just do it right here. Yeah, we could repent right here. That's awesome. You know, I could go home in my car and have an experience <laughs> right there as if I'm right in the Holy of Holies and be like, God, I need to connect with you. Honestly, yeah, there have been times, you know, even from for me, like, you know, for me, and, and I know we're winding down here, but uh, my experience, you know, my truck, 
my work truck sometimes is one of my most prayerful prayer meetings you know of really? getting connected with god you know it's it's one of those things where like as doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter uh you know your situation you can still connect with god yeah and and I, maybe you're listening today or you're watching online today and you truly feel like god is not here there's no way for me to connect to god because i am sinful i have fallen short many times i am not perfect uh we're in the same boat uh, we're right there with you yeah. maybe they're different sins maybe they're different actions but all of us have fallen short and, and 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 only by god's grace but luckily god is omnipresent and he's right there where you are at right now yeah. and so i don't know i'm just feeling this if you are listening online or watching online and you truly feel like god is not Angry. accessible god's not uh god's not even an option for you you feel like god is 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 the furthest you can possibly get away from this sinful creature that you are mm-hmm. know that god is right where you're at yeah you're and if you far. truly take some time and you fall to your knees and you begin to pray maybe you don't know how to pray i feel like prayer is a conversation it is and most of us know how to hold a conversation even with ourselves sometimes and i feel like if you hold a conversation to god and you truly spill your life out to god god will meet you where you're at right now and so i just challenge you you know turn this podcast off find a place and try to uh reach god and i guarantee you god will reach back and he will touch your situation in your life and that's my challenge to you today. I don't know. Normally we end with you having a challenge, but I just felt that, no, that, that there is a opportunity right now for you to experience what we've been talking about for the last 30, 45 minutes to experience right there in your living room, right there in your bedroom, right there in your car, in your car. you know, to pull aside and, and say, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to try. I, I'm at my desperate point. I need something more than what books are trying to give me or self-help podcasts like this are probably trying to give me i need something more that more is god and so try to reach out to him amen amen i don't know uh thank you jeremiah i appreciate this yeah and and yeah i really appreciate you taking the time uh to talk about something that's so vital and it's such a core to to what we preach and what we teach yeah this is why we're here to share the gospel to share this new birth experience share what we've experienced to other people Mm -hmm. amen so thank you jeremiah i appreciate it thanks for having me man i appreciate that thank you very much god bless you you too bud